Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Back in the zone. Glad you're with us. Spring in the dock. Dr. O'Malley with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Doc, we got one of your former patients in here with us. Glenn Day's hanging out. Hi, oh, hey, Glenn. How are you doing, Doc? I'm doing great. How about you? Well, I'm doing fine. You know, uh, you totally ruined my underwear modeling career with my scars over here. <laughs> you have these small incisions. You can't say that. <laughs> I guess I, I didn't violate any uh, HIPAA laws since uh, Glenn told us uh, about everything you've done for him and uh, helped him with his hip. So I guess he's doing okay. He was out playing in the uh, Senior Open Championship last week. So I guess you did a good job, Doc. I'll call that a success. I'd call it a huge success. I think it, it turned out great. Uh, Doc, before, and I've got a, already a couple questions uh, that people have uh, written in to us, but I wanted to ask you about a couple baseball players, and well, well, they're Rangers, and that's why I was familiar with them. Uh, Jonah Heim, a catcher, and I'd never heard of this, but he, tore, he has a torn tendon sheath, and they were afraid he was going to be done for the season, but now they're coming back and saying uh, that they feel like he'll be back and uh, be a part of the team for uh, maybe a playoff push in the playoffs. What is a torn tendon sheath? Yeah, so on the back of your wrist you have, and even on the palm you have, um, right, the tendons come down. The muscles are actually in the forearm that attach to the tendons. The tendons actually go down and attach to the wrist, and the fingers now allows you to move your, your wrist and, and fingers. And so that's, that's actually the covering around the tendon. Um, and there's some ligaments that hold those in those sheets. Um, there's ligaments there that kind of hold and give you stability to your wrist and also tendons. Um, and so a lot of times they can be treated non-operatively um, with injections and therapy to allow them to calm down and kind of scar back in place. Hmm. All right. Also, one more for you. And I, I sent you this yesterday before the game. But uh, Corey Seager, the shortstop, returned uh, from a right thumb strain in just 13 days. And I was wondering if that's a little too early. Uh, but his first at bat, he hit a home run. So I'm guessing he's okay and ready to go. Is that uh, a normal timeline for a right thumb strain? Yeah, so his strain probably is like a grade one. So it's a very mild strain. They put him on the injured reserve list just to protect it um, and also allow them to put somebody in his, um, in his position on the roster. Um, but, yeah, if it's a mild strain, 13 days is not an unreasonable timeline to come back. Are you seeing anything uh, yet football-wise, football injuries, with them getting started up? Thankfully, not yet. Um, I've had a few that got injured, like, prior to camp starting, and so trying to slow those down and make sure they don't go back too quickly. One, one football player was like a clavicle fracture that we're just protecting because we don't want them to re-break it when they start hitting the pads. But thankfully, nothing yet. They'll start coming in here, unfortunately, in the next few weeks. All right, this one's from BG in Spa City. He says, got a question for the doc. 54 years old, works out, runner, biker, starting to get some joint pains, trying some yoga and massage, and started taking glucosamine and what is this word? Chondroitin. Chondroitin. Yep, with MSM. His thoughts on that supplement and any others for joint health. Yeah, so the glucosamine chondroitin essentially are the components that allow you that are in cartilage. The studies on that, so the problem is, is in, we, we don't have the ability to regrow cartilage. Once you lose cartilage, it's gone. 
Um, and so the studies on that glucosamine and chondroitin, there's some that can say it's helpful. There's some that say it's not helpful. My recommendation is if you feel, if you take it, you feel like it's helpful, it's fine. I don't go tell patients they should take it because the data doesn't say like everybody should be on it. Um, I do find for people, for patients like that, things like turmeric uh, can be very helpful, natural. It's got anti-inflammatory properties. Um, to help with anti, uh, help with the pain that they're having, and then just really activity modification. Sounds like he's doing multiple different um, exercises in terms of biking and swimming and, and 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 running. And so the more you can vary your activities, the better. And then right, swimming's better than biking. Biking's better than running. And so if you start having joint pain, lower impact exercises is going to be better for you. All right, one more for you uh, from our unsponsored text line. Question for Dr. O'Malley. I have septic bursitis in my knee. We are currently treating it with oral antibiotics. If this doesn't work completely, my PCP says he may send me to ortho and they will probably just remove the bursic sac. If this was to happen, how long should I expect to be out of work? I work outside of my feet all day. Thanks. Yeah, the biggest thing with those is, is, is once you, we try not to take those to surgery, um, but once you take the infected sack out once you get the skin to heal normally you can get back to activity that they can tolerate so really you're waiting three maybe four weeks um for somebody to work outside um if somebody works like a desk job with that you can let them go back whenever they want to but with it being so hot outside when you make an incision on somebody you got to make sure um that it doesn't get an, another infection you've already got one infection on last thing you want is to go back outside working and then get an infection in the incision that you made from surgery Good. You got a question for the doc? You got any kind of follow up? Some free advice? So, so doc, I do have a question for you. I had a friend which you know had the same surgery I had, had to be out all year because they tightened the hip capsule when they were doing the surgery. Tighten the hip capsule. Why would you tighten the capsule of the hip when you were uh, fixing a labrum in your hip? Yeah, so I do that, and don't take this the wrong way, Glenn, in my younger patients, this is a younger, my like 20-year-old, because their problem is different. Like when you're in your, when you're 40 and older and have a label tear in your hip, most of the time you've proven your hip stability is pretty good. My younger patients that have more what we call micro-instability of their hip, um, it makes sense to tighten them up. But by the time you get 40 and up and you haven't had surgery and now you start, I don't tighten my over the age of 40 patients because I don't think it makes sense because you've proven you've had a pretty stable hip for the majority of your life. But that's kind of the surgeon's decision. But I think that, for me, I, I try not to do it unless I have a really good reason in surgery to tighten their hip. And a lot of that is how easy their hip comes out when you go to pull traction because we have to pull traction on their hip to get space to work. And so you can find out really quickly how loose they are. But most of our patients who have some mild arthritis or a little cartilage wear in their hip are actually tight. They're not too loose. And so I don't want to tighten somebody up who's already slightly tight or arthritic in their hip. Well, speaking from my own experience, I thank you so much for not doing that because my uh, buddy that had the surgery, it was tightened. Um, he didn't attend last week's event. Let's put it like that. <laughs> Well, and I think there's some point where less is more. And I know we had talked about the friend, and he had a lot of surgery. And I think there's some things we just got to realize. Like, and that's why I try to tell my patients, I can't fix everything. And particularly like if a hip, you can't fix cartilage wear in the hip very well with the hip still. I can fix labral tears. 
Um, I can fix the impingement going on the hip, but when the cartilage is gone, unfortunately, I don't have a good way to make it regrow. There's some ways with drilling holes in the bone, but it's not the same cartilage as what God gave you when you were born. And so um, I think a lot of it is patient understanding of what I can actually do and what some things that we can make it better, but we may not make it perfect. And that's why, at least in my hands, I describe my my 40 and older patients and my under 40. Like my 20-year-old patients, I scope their hips. They're normally super happy. They come in, they have no pain. They're great. I'm trying to slow them down. My 40 and older, they're normally very happy. They just make go, yeah, it hurts every now and then. And most of that is the just wear and tear, the years they have on the hip versus the 20-year-old that has much less birthdays on their hip. And so they don't have the cartilage wear that my over 40 patients have. Doc, I had one more that just came in for you. Uh, can you ask Doc about a recurring issue with Achilles tendonitis and bursitis, specifically in the insertion point in the heel, mostly stiffness and pain after an injury? Yeah, so that can be pretty painful. So that's right where right, your Achilles, your heel cord goes down and attaches to your, your heel, your calcaneus, that's the bone. And for most of those patients, when they come in and they have that, it is because their heel cord is super tight. And so a really intensive stretching program is very important. So I tell patients, uh, take a towel they can wrap around their foot uh, to pull the stretch of their heel cord. And there's also wall ranging go online and Google heel cord stretching exercises. But that should be done multiple times a day. If you, it, for people, if they can get their heel cord stretched out, a lot of times their insertional Achilles or heel cord pain that they have can go away. Um, but there are some people who will need surgery for it. Um, and that's what we have foot and ankle surgeons to help um, with those problems. Doc, I know you've been uh, staying up late, probably sleepless nights, wondering, but my uh, uh, tricep soreness has gone away with the Aleve, so I'm good. Perfect. Good. Thank you. You're Excellent. a genius. Glad to hear that. No worries. I don't know that I'm a genius, but. Uh, I've done this long enough that most times somebody can tell me, I'm like, oh, yeah, just do this, and normally that works. So. Great catching up with you. Have a good couple of weeks. We'll talk yep. to you soon. Yeah, good talking to you, Glenn. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot.